Today's special can edition of the Digiday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Vivo, the leading provider of premium music videos. I'm sure you know Vivo. Did you know that content has never been more important and powerful to audiences and brands alike? As a modern-day content network, Vivo is home to the most coveted premium music video catalog starring the world's biggest celebrities and pop culture icons from the last 50 years. The cultural continuum of music videos spans generation, is perpetually relevant, and continues to evolve with audiences. With 924 million monthly global viewers, Vivo is unique in its ability to provide brands unparalleled scale against hard-to-reach audiences within a, yes, brand-safe environment. This is an issue that is coming up quite a bit in Cannes this year. Visit vivo.com slash advertising to learn more. Welcome to the Digiday Podcast Can Edition. This is a special one. It's Tuesday, and I'm joined by Troy Young, president of Hearst Magazines. Who's this brought to you by? Vivo. Thank you, Vivo. Yeah. We can get Hearst to be a sponsor next year. Thank you. I guess like a year ago, you were named into this role? That is correct. So what's your sort of mandate for change, and, and what needs changing? Or, or does nothing need changing at Hearst Magazines? I mean, I think things always need change, but... This is, and when you're a new leader in a company, you need to, to have a, you know, a, a goal and, you know, a mandate to change. But obviously these are changey times. So, um, when you ask what needs change, I would only contextualize it in as media is both manufactured and distributed. You have content, you have distribution. And if you're in the business that we're in, both of those are fundamentally different now than they were a short time ago. So you have to change, you know, a lot about your company. In fact, the sort of existential challenge is that, and, and, and I actually think it's, it's, it's something that'll be sorted out, but the, I work, I run a magazine company and you the, do it, and the no usually people who uh, um are from magazine companies they they know i proudly they run a magazine company okay and um i could try to get fancy and call it a you know new media company or whatever i think magazine media is being redefined it's obviously hard because the product before was so understandable both the ad product and the physical product and therefore and the editorial kind of role today it looks very different right so we don't just make text we make you know we're on the wire we make everything right and we distribute it across you know 10 different endpoints and so everything about the business is different and and uh and i think that that that's difficult but 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 underneath of it um what magazine media is which is it's somewhere between news and entertainment it is not news, though it moves to the rhythm of it. It is not entertaining, though it needs to... It's not entertainment, though it mm -hmm. needs to be wildly entertaining. Um, this type of media, which is human interest, which is point of view, which is passion, which is, uh, you, you know, going deeper, self-improvement, you know, all of the things that, that magazine media are, um, are vital. But the business model is totally different. 
Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think the business model is any different. I think you manufacture audience and you sell it. Um, in, in that regard, it's not different. Um, and you hope to balance advertising revenue with subscription revenue. So I, I think the mechanics of the business are, are from the business side are, are very similar. How the media itself is manufactured and how the people work together to do that and then what it takes to distribute it are the big differences. So what is the, the biggest Hearst specific challenge that you think the organization faces? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Hearst is a, is a real kind of entrepreneurial company and it has a long history of evolving, right? So from afternoon newspapers to this kind of, um, you know, multi-divisional data and, and media company that it, that it is today, TV, magazines, newspapers, data companies, et cetera, business media. Um, <laughs> Today, uh, we're going through a very significant culture change. Um, the, the, the game of the business, I think, is scale, a sort of quantifiable relationships with consumers and a kind of mixed media delivery of content. Um, you, you know, I, I, I think that the, the, the biggest challenge is that we execute. Is, is really how I would mm-hmm. look at it. Because I, I think it's, it's not that hard to figure out where you have to go, right? You have to have strong IP. You have to have a brilliant understanding of how it's distributed. Um, you have to have extraordinary uh, kind of monetization muscle. That's why you come to events like CAN. And, um, and you have to have real technical and data competency. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but just, you know, the path there is hard. I'll give you an example. Um, I'm really proud of our, the, the investment and, 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 you know, the success we're having in video. And just to put it in context, three years ago or so, our video business was limited to, you know, text over animated pictures. Right. You know, and and, you know, this week we're in Los Angeles pitching a dozen Mm -hmm. TV shows, the the distance. But and that was all organically developed. So that's a new competency. It's a really new competency. Right. So we have 50 shows in production, whether it's short form stuff like, you know, Wake Up With Me on Bazaar, which is a kind of beauty oriented personality based short form show to uh, the the channels we run in Los Angeles, Clever, which is Clever News and, and, and Clever style, which is a very sort of personality oriented YouTube content to uh, the documentary. We just finished a uh, full uh, 90 minute documentary on car and driver on the future of driving. Um, you know, the, and, and then all the shows and, and, and us being a supplier to a new entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are really big changes in a company, which you'll, you'll know this better than anyone. The act of creating content historically was fairly solitary right? Like a, an editor would type. And um, the act of creating content in a video world is highly collaborative. And you have to do a lot of planning in advance. And it takes different types of creative muscle and different types of technical muscle. And uh, I'm really proud of that, that we we're able to build that kind of stuff. Let's talk about the, the, the data capability. Look, it's can everyone talks about data, 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 data and creativity and stuff. Do you think the organ your organization was behind in applying data in all facets of the business? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? And how specifically? I mean, it depends on the arc that you're looking at the period of time. Um, I mean, I think that the data is manifest in two or three ways in a company like ours. One is, um, its application to support editorial. Uh, and, and I think we've long been proficient at that um, on the digital side. I think that there's 
application broadly of data to understand your audiences better across your whole portfolio. And, and there's, there's many kind of layers to the onion there. Like you can become incredibly sophisticated in this day and age um, with how you understand an audience and inform creative people. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that we're among the best of the world at doing that today. Um, we're really, really good at it. And, and, and that's just not me saying it. I mean, you can look at the audiences that we've built um, digitally, you know, now in the U.S., 285 million uniques, steady growth, like just like extraordinary, actually. Um, but if you look at how we're using data and making it manifest through the whole company where you can ask any question about any property um, or any product we're selling on our sites or any of our social accounts, anyone in the company can be informed in a matter of seconds. And so, so I think that's a real achievement. And I think how we're conducting ourselves to sort of evolve the way editors think and do sort of internal, uh, um, you know, education around that is, is pretty impressive. And Kate, Kate Lewis is leading that. And, uh, it's, it's, it's really cool. I, I, uh, and, and, the, and that data goes to inform everything from the story that we're writing or a test mm-hmm. that we're running editorially tomorrow or in this minute across the world to cover lines on good housekeeping, uh, data to support the ad business is obviously really important. Yeah. And that's, you know, like everything from matching a CRM file to sophisticated targeting to, to, to whatever, um, you know, our clients are looking for next. And I would say that we built that as a, as a competency and differentiator over the last couple of years. So if you think about us in relation to, you know, data oriented companies like a Facebook or a Google, they were way ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've had to, to work hard at that. And I think there's a third dimension of data, which is um, data uh, that supports how you run a company. And I think that it's data is changing the structural nature of organizations. What does that mean? Well, it's how do people know what to do in your company, right? What, what is your job as a manager? You're a manager, right? You tell people to do things or you assign priorities or you say, this is where we're going. Let's work there together. This is our goal this quarter, next quarter, et cetera. And, and I think that's the age old, you know, remit and purpose of management. And I think that the more that you push data in an organization, the more you quantify how you work as a company mm-hmm. or, or the, you know, the, the inputs and outputs, the more that organizations are effectively right. self-organizing. But it's also hard to get everyone to embrace it and not think of it as just a, a thing. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, cause that is part of everyone's job in some form or fashion rather than data is off to the side. It's, it's used in, in various purposes. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, w- what you're seeing me do is build data into our communication systems, whether that's how you get notified that there uh, is a follow-up required on an account via Salesforce comes through Slack or how anybody in the organization gets information about how many followers we have on Instagram. It's all in Slack. Mm-hmm. I think that the dashboards are not embraced by most people. Dashboards are hard, and I think they work for some and not for others. Uh, and I, and my, my goal is not to have a, a you know an analytics department, but just have data flowing mm-hmm. through the company. So, I mean, obviously there's optimizing the core business. Um, like you're saying, it didn't, it hasn't changed that much. I mean, you're getting people to, to pay or you're, you're selling ads and those things have changed a little bit, but what about new business? I mean, you're working on a new business I've heard. Uh, you know, I think we always need to be working on new businesses, but the one, the one thing that I'm very interested in is I believe that companies like ours will be more successful when they have just a, a real capability of 
managing and connecting data sets and making them useful inside of the organization. So we embarked on that mission and we did it in really interesting ways. And I was so excited about it that I wanted to turn it into a offering distinct from media. It, it's important to note that this is not unfamiliar territory to Hearst because we have a number of data businesses, whether you're talking about in data in aviation, we own a company called Camp Systems, which is the leading data provider in private aviation, to First Data Bank, which is a healthcare uh, data company, MCG. We have many data companies. So uh, I've gotten to see the inside of them, and, and, and that's influenced me. But what we've essentially done is taken um, this idea of combining different data sets, ours included, but also third party, whether that's social data or data from partners like, uh, you know, uh, anyone that does affiliate work or any, any, there's a lot of data sets in the world, uh, building the processing capability in the center to be able to make sense of that data using machine learning, storing it in a place so you can manipulate it and look at it in different ways, and then creating interfaces to that data that are easy to understand, that drive insight and are very human. That is the thing that I'm commercializing. We call that pattern and shape. And uh, the focus of that is going to be in the sort of luxury beauty retail space. And right now we are, we've staffed it mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we're, we, we have a really ambitious plan. I want to take a quick break here. If you're like me, you're probably looking for one place where you can watch the latest Taylor Swift music video and you can reminisce with your favorite Aerosmith video. That's why you'll want to go to Vivo. Vivo is the leading provider of premium music videos. Visit vivo.com slash advertising to learn more about how your brand can harness the power of music videos. Now back to the episode. What's the, what's the unique data that editorial properties would have? I mean, I understand the third-party data and, and you know being able to make it more accessible and useful, but what's the unique data that editorial properties would have? Oh, we have a term. I mean, I think that... that that pattern shape will be made uh, useful by a combination of data sets. But the unique data that we have is we know what people are reading and buying uh, across a lot of categories. We have a lot of data every single day, hundreds and millions and millions mm -hmm. of touch points with consumers. So I know what stories you know, important today. I, it's certainly in the categories that we play in. I know what products are selling. I know what products are of interest to people. I know what's happening on Instagram. I know what people are searching for. I mean, we, we have mm -hmm. tremendous, you know, that's one of the great things. Right, but about, don't advertisers just expect that for free with an ad, ad deal? Um, at that level of granularity and, and precision? No. I mean, I think they expect insight. They expect to understand how their ads are performing and why. Um, but this, in, you know, in its, in, in, you mm -hmm. know, the way that we're building and packaging it is, is distinct from But the media. clients will be similar. I mean, you're already... Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not a new client, but it's a, it's a new... It's a new model and that it would be, it would be Listen, a, you have a two SAS choices model. when you're building it, right? I mean, I also think that our data combined with theirs provides even more insight. Um, but I think you have two choices. One is you can say this is a, a sort of value added thing that goes with media. <laughs> Differentiates and, you in the market. In the market. And, and, and we, we will and ought to look at how this adds value to what we sell on the, on a, on a media level. We already talk about our data capability in terms of, you know, doing branded content, et cetera, that it's mm. all informed by data, which is a natural, you know, evolution of our company. This, you know, I think if, if, if I want to realize the ambitions uh, of this particular idea, I feel like it can't be 
compromised by a media sale. It has to sell by its own virtue. And, and different then, sales team. It'll have a different commercial team for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. And, and the model will be like annual license. Yeah. It's like seed it's model. like a software as a service offering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what's the, what, what ends up being the big challenge then of executing on this? And sounds great. I, I do always appreciate that you approach, approach me with this healthy skepticism because it, <laughs> it makes me want to win even more. Okay. But, um, we, we all have roles to play. Right. <laughs> First thing you got to do is you got to get the product right. Right. So we're, we're iterating on the product right now. Um, I think that you have to create a startup culture within a big company. And that's another challenge because that's not just like, oh, we put them on a different floor and, you know, let them put up some posters or something. I mean, right. you have to, you know, there's compensation systems and stuff that people are accustomed to in the startup world. Uh, and so I think that's something that's complicated. But I, I think that the commercial model and how it sits alongside our media offering is 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 going to be tough. I think there's going to be... Um, a, a strong pull to connect it to our, our media offering. And, um, you know, we're going to have to create a, a business development group that's separate from our media sellers. Mm -hmm. Is this important because digital subscriptions, I know you have a lot of tens of millions of subscribers in the analog world, but that digital subscriptions simply won't work for a lot of categories that you're strong in. Uh, that's really smart. I, I, um, I looked at it when I was sort of breaking up our portfolio. Um, you know that we have about 28 different brands. We have a sort of a, a really enviable list of media brands. Some of them naturally fit a modern digital membership proposition, right? So you could see your runner, right? Or something like runner's yeah. world might entitle a subscriber, not just to training content, um, but to, you know, front of line access to marathons, uh, sneaker drops, uh, uh, you know, you could, you could see, uh, deals and discounts. You could see opportunities both on a, on a content level and a, you know, kind of service level. Uh, I think that you could see that with our health publications, men's health, women's health. I think that in, in the area of women's service, there's a lot of mm. opportunities around, uh, commerce, uh, and, 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 you know, in, again, back in health, we're looking at VOD or we're not looking, we're building it. We'll launch it in July. Um, but when you, when you move into the fashion space, uh, and, and young women's media, it's a little harder to think about, you know, how you're going to you're going to build a, a paid subscriber. I think you could build an authenticated subscriber. I don't know if you can mm -hmm. build a paid subscriber digitally because there's a lot of substitutes for the content. Do you think too many people are rushing into these subscriptions? I think it's going to be really hard. And, and, and of course, you saw Vogue try to you know go after the yeah. kind of women's wear daily business of fashion territory, which to me is an illogical... Um, I, Wait, I just isn't logical. Isn't illogical. Isn't illogical. Okay. Yeah. Double negative, I guess. Yeah. Uh, um, so it's logical. It's logical. Um, and, and so what, what I think you have to do in that space is you have to mean more to the people that buy your media. Okay. Um, how about B2B models? A lot of, I mean, mm -hmm. um, we are seeing more interest in B2B. Some of your, um, competitors, certainly at Condé Nast, um, they have a few different initiatives going on. Um, is this interesting to you? I mean, the data play is B2B, but I mean, as like a media play. Um, yeah. I mean, I think where it's, I, I, I think it's a very different set of muscles to make it work. 
Um, but you know, it's, it, it is consistent with the pursuit of subscription money. Um, because obviously there's a thesis that B2B media is, uh, you know, a, a paying audience and, um, that you can get very, you know, kind of targeted and, and, and you can kind of increase the value of the content you're creating in a, in a, uh, you know, a world where it's been, it's been so competitive serving the consumer with free content. So I think it makes sense. Um, I think though that what you're going to see, uh, is, uh, that all media companies of our size or all media companies will be looking in some shape or form to authenticate, to, to drive an authenticated relationship, be it free or paid. Hmm. So you, you like, are you just saying like in order to like read L content, you have to authenticate yourself sign in? <laughs> I, I think that we're going to have to be more clever than in order to read it. I mean, I think that's obviously a part of the proposition, but I think you'll see the industry try to find other ways to get you to authenticate. Um, and, and the way I'm looking at that is we have a, a fairly big business called CDS that, uh, that we own that manages the subscriptions and, and, and data management call center, et cetera, for the entire magazine industry. And it's based in Des Moines and we serve Meredith and Condé Nast and Hearst and many, many other publishers. And so that existed in a time when, um, you know, subscriptions were sort of over here and your business was here. It was sort of like an industrial subscription management. Yeah. If you want to think about it like that. And what I'm doing is refactoring that entire business and going to bring it together with media OS because, um, and you would know this as well as anyone, the idea that media OS for those media, sorry, media OS is, I used to call your CMS, but it's not, (laughs) it's much more than a CMS. (laughs) Um, so I think the first wave of development, the five years we spent on media OS was about, you know, simple tools for creating, syndicating, analyzing content and advertising. The next piece of it will be how we manage a relationship with an authenticated consumer. Mm-hmm. And that means that, you know, our preference center and how you manage, you know, commerce and how you manage subscriptions to your, 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 your print products and your digital products, all of that needs to be integrated with, with your platform. I think it's a really hard thing to do, uh, but that, that, that's our focus. Okay, uh, Troy, final thing is you're a can veteran. I'm asking everyone to give their one ironclad can tip. My can, my can tip. I don't have a can, I don't want to talk about can tips. <laughs> I, I, I was actually more interested in where you were going with the other line of inquiry. But what I find what interesting What about B2B? Yeah. But but there's one other thing that we should talk about. So, my understanding is is that that register or that that, that award submissions are way down. Do you know that? Uh, they were last year. I don't know. If, no, no, they're they're, they, they're really they're way down this year. Okay. And well, agencies that, are well. Are, that's of concern, obviously, to the organization because that's you yeah. know high profit, you know revenue. Yeah, it's great. Um, and and I and I wondered as I was walking here, what what does that mean to the creative industry? It, it, obviously, it's born of you know fiscal constraints and stuff, but like does it mean that the role of awards in this industry and how, remember that's someone asked me the other day, well, what is this can thing? Why do you go? Where did it come from? And, and of course it was the creative community celebrating here and driven by yeah. awards from the very beginning. It used to be just French advertising. Yeah. And now, um, I walked down to, to the Quasette today and I've never seen more corporate, uh, presence. 
And um, so it's become a marketplace for advertisers. And I, it, you know, I mean, I guess that's kind of obvious. It's been that for a while, but it, when you think about the new Fox pavilion uh, and you contrast that with the fact that awards have fallen off, you know, can this become a very different event? Yeah. I mean, but that's, that's sort of inevitable. I mean, if you look at like the secular decline of agencies, I mean, the agency business is a really tough business, but I mean, it's in seemingly perpetual decline. Mm-hmm. Okay. Troy, thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. And thank you all for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with a new podcast. Mm-hmm.